Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Welcome back, Maximum Octane. We are still here doing these broadcasts live from Puerto Rico and recording, and it's been a lot of fun here at our super conference. And I have a great guest for you today that I'm really excited about, Mr. Justin Ray. And you are the founder and the CEO of Cinch. So that name, we'll talk about that in a second here. But you're all about marketing and using automation to make things go in your data. And so that, that gets a little scary for people. So want to yeah. talk about the name Cinch and. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll uh, ironically start off the company with the name Sagacity and that's spelled S-A-G-A-C-I-T-Y. Most people want to call us Saga City. And uh, we were like, we got to get a better name than this. And so uh, we found the idea of Cinch, came up with uh, the idea we wanted to make using data a Cinch. And that's really where the name came from. So here we are today. We're in Cinch. We've got a great brand around it. We really love it. So. I love that. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned about it and didn't mind sharing because sometimes people have names. We see a lot of businesses. We see them everywhere. And the names are like, what are they thinking? Or why would they make yeah. this so difficult? Or how can so you search? Yeah. yeah, clever spellings yeah. and and things. And, and they're so married to it that they don't listen to any experts on marketing or anything else. And it doesn't matter how many customers come in and say, we couldn't find you. Nobody knew how to spell yeah. it, but they just dig in. So yeah. what gave you the courage to say, you know what, this isn't working? Uh, for me, it always just comes down to the data, right? Like what is what is really, and as we were trying to start the company and people were like, sure, could not say the name right. As clever as it was, because um, sagacity comes from the, the word sage and the idea of being wise and intelligent. And, use it. and we thought, hey, data makes you wise. It makes you intelligent when you have that ability. And, but in the end, nobody knew how to say it. So we're like, well, what else can we go with? And uh, <laughs> we, I can't remember the other five. We had four other names that we're like, OK, we're going to pick from these. And then we put that out on, uh, on a poll to our friends and family and, and a few of our customers at the time. And, and Cinch won that poll. And um never looked back. So. Okay, so you used a little bit of crowdsourcing yeah. to get feedback and yep. all of that. Wonderful. Yeah. So let that be a lesson to everybody that sometimes you just you have to give up the name and, and move on to something else. Sometimes you just, you need to. Yeah. So automation, data, what does that mean for, for regular folk that uh, have businesses? How can they use that? What? How does that all work? Yeah, well, I think everybody, you know, people, some people want to get intimidated 
and they hear, oh, you know, big data, I've got to use data, or, you know, use the data in your, your company, right? And, and rightfully so, there's a lot that goes on, and, and being able to use it, there's a lot of processes. And so, um, ultimately, our goal at Cinch when we set out was how can we commoditize the use of data, right? How can we take what these really big businesses are doing and bring it down to where any business can be able to use that data? And so, in in the years that I've been in business doing consulting and helping other companies, we were trying... Uh, uh, was doing the same thing over and over again. And it was, how can we take some of these same processes and just put them to work in, in a way that we could apply it for everybody? And so that's when um, and when my, my friend Jared Rich and I set out to, um, he was doing something similar in the, the medical or the uh, healthcare consulting space. And so we set out to see if we could change the world in that aspect and, and build Cinch. The first thing that we do, like in our process and trying to do that, and really in any process when you're working with data, is really understand what data you have and then how do you clean it? Because oftentimes you have duplicates, and, you know, when you're talking about customer data, especially, you have um, mismatched information across that. And how do you just really clean all of that up? And so that's one of the things that we do um, in Cinch right off the bat is bring in that data and help clean it. And whether you're using Cinch or using something else, having clean data is the first place to really get started. I have seen so many spreadsheets over my years of being in the business world of 15 variations on a name. Like I, I never knew how many different ways you could spell Lou because somebody is in a hurry. You know? oh, yeah. It's like something even like Lou Smith. It's, it's crazy how people will spell it or guess to spell it. And it's all the same addresses or a similar variation yeah. on the address. And it's like, apparently this is the same person and somehow we just keep, and we see that a lot in our industry. Sometimes the service advisors are in a hurry. They aren't really actively listening. They type in a name and they think, oh, nothing comes up. They must be a new customer. They start a new record. Yeah. And it's just a, a vicious cycle of, of doing that, right? And and what a waste of time for everybody. And then yeah. you got marketing pieces going out to five times to the same house. It happens yep. at my house as well. I get from different, my name is legally Kim, but for some reason, everyone thinks it's Kimberly and they insist on even the banks. They'll say, no, we need your legal name. And I'm like, that is my legal name. They're like, no, your whole name. And I'm like, that is my whole name. But so I get all kinds of variations on Kimberly and, you know, I, and then I'm like, so I have like five of the same things because yeah. they spell it all different. Well, and if they sent mail, right, that's a pretty expensive. Yeah. You know, if you get five postcards that are telling you, you know, different things to different names, like they can be pretty expensive for the, the outfit or the shop as they're working to get that marketing communication out. So that is like, that is one of our, our real high values that we deliver right off the bat is just being able to, uh, we call it customer matching, right? So you've got these five customers in here, Lou spelled this way, Kim and Kimberly and they all the same address, um, but we we have a process that goes through using machine learning to help uh, better understand the who the customer is and how to respond, like how valuable they are, right? Because if they are, you know, in the example you said, somebody comes in, they create a new new customer record. Well, that new customer record now in your your ma- uh, shop management system shows as you've got these two customers, right? And they might even have the same vehicle, right? Same license plate, same VIN, whatever it might be. And um, within Cinch, we're identifying all of that and putting it together so that when you do send out your marketing, um, you're going to eliminate sending five, you know, those same blue five postcards or the same Kim. Right? Well, and the problem with that, too, and thankfully, some of the point of sale systems can tell a duplicate of a VIN, but not all of them still or yeah. duplicate license plate. But 
not all of them do it because people sell cars and so yeah. they don't want it to trigger is you know having a van because it, yeah. it's somebody new but when I get those things, duplicates, that tells me that somebody didn't listen to me mm-hmm. one of the times I was in because oh, yeah, something is that. not spelled correctly or, you know, my address or and that they don't care. So it's not a something that I feel like somebody sent to me with intent. I yeah. know right away it's a, just a blanket free for all kitchen yeah. sink thing because I get all the different ones. And then the other thing is when they don't spell it correctly, you lose that history. And so... Hopefully our service advisors or whatever industry anybody's in is they're taking good notes on their customers. They're logging them in a system. Their kid loves the Yankees or they're in the military or they're graduating from college and those things. And when you lose that history, that's gone. And so you're treating a longtime customer sometimes like a brand new one because you don't have it. Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't necessarily thought of yet. See, look at that. It's every day we learn something. Yeah, that's a great, great perspective. It's crazy. So with, with data and is it data, data? I always say data. Uh, Does know, it matter? Is it just this, where you live? This might be the nerd in me coming out, but, <laughs> but uh, data is what I talk about when I'm using it. Data is the character in Star Trek. So that's, uh, that's how I was always thought of it. But okay. Yeah. So uh, data is when you're using it. Data is the Star Trek. The Star Trek. Okay. <laughs> Cause I see data all the time and I hear people say data and, like maybe it's just where I live. It didn't. Yeah. I don't know if there's an official. Yep. Okay. So I think when people get scared, when you hear data, they think of spreadsheets spewing out of a computer with decimals and numbers <laughs> yeah. and all of that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's what I think too many people too often think of, right? And it's as simple as when you fill out that form, is your your name or you're punching it in into the shop management system. You know, you're typing in customers' information, trying to find the previous customer or trying to find the previous records. And, you know, that's all just operated by the data, right? And being able to understand all the transaction data, all that stuff that we bring all of it into Cinch. So the it can be... All the line items on the invoice are data points, right? All the um, information on the customer, you know, those notes, if they're a Yankee fan or whatever it might be, right? Um, Those are all going to be data points. And each data point that we have, we collect it for a reason, right? And in the case you're using there, you know, their kids graduating from college or, you know, those are some things that you're using to allow allow people in the shop to understand how to engage with that customer, Right. But um, when you're, some of those other data points are really valuable for letting a computer understand how to engage or how to um, automate communication. So, uh, you know, case in point, one of the things that we we do a really great job in automating is um, if a shop's doing oil changes and trying to encourage somebody to come back for an oil change, right? When are they going to be due? What oil did they get in their vehicle um, in their last oil change and predicting when they're going to be due for the next one, right? So, um, so when you input the mileage on the vehicle into that um, into your shop management system, and when you're working on that transaction, that becomes a really valuable data point, right? If you put an extra zero on there, while we're trying to use that data to now predict how many miles somebody's driving in a day, well, now we got to got, got somebody's driving across the country every other week, right? When we're we're trying to calculate that because you throw an extra zero on the end of the the mileage and. Uh, and so those, it's really important to have, try to get as good, clean data as you can. It is important, too, even on the consumer side, because when I get, I don't drive a lot because I work remotely. Okay. And bef- when I, my sons were still at home and they played football and basketball and went to school and we drove, I probably put, I think, almost 100,000 miles a year on my vehicles. 
And now I don't think I put 10 or 12. And so it always would annoy me when I would get things from wherever to do with a vehicle. It's like, oh, you have 30,000 miles. It's like, no, I have 70 or no, I have two. Why don't you know you have a record of when I come in? Why don't you know what my pattern is? And so again, then that tells me they're not, they don't know me. They don't know my vehicle. They're just sending out. But But if it was an actual mileage based on, about where I was, then yep. I, I would think that there was actually something to it. Yeah. Yep. And that's one of the things that we really try to do in our net predicting is looking at what that behavior is, right? So if you go from driving 100,000 miles in a year, right, which would be really insane, but if you, uh, it was basketball. Crazy. Uh, Soccer tournament. tournament. It's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you, you're going from driving a lot of miles and then you, you shrink down, right? You're going to have that transition time when it's got to catch up in the data, right? Because the data still has to be able to say, hey, oh, you know what? She used to drive 40 miles a, you know, every single day, or maybe in this case, maybe you know, 200 miles a day, and now she's driving two miles a day. And, um, and so then if we start to see that trend continue, we can start to flip, uh, flip how communications go towards the, okay, she's driving a whole lot less miles and, uh, and change when you're getting different communications for different service recommendations. So there's a lot of data that comes in, um, and now I'm saying data instead of okay. data. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out which I was saying now, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, it's once I hear something, and then it sticks yeah. in my head. So I there's a lot of data that people have at their fingertips with their point-of-sale systems that they don't ever look at. I don't know if the reports scare them or the numbers or it. And so how are you able to help them pull out the information and say like, here, look, this is why this is a valuable yeah. thing to be looking at. Yeah, definitely. You can, there, there are certainly some operational reports and that sense just because we have all that data, but we do, we do tend to count on the shop management or point of sale systems to be able to, to provide a lot of those reports since they, they are generating that data. Um, but since Cinch is generating a lot of the marketing and the communication data, we do have reports around that, helping to understand, hey, you know, if you're using postcards, you sent 100 postcards, you've got these 20 customers that came back from those, those 100 postcards. Or um, based on the number of emails or text messages that you send out, your Google ads, Facebook ads, um, those different channels, we're able to help you understand how you're reaching out to customers, excuse me, what percentage are returning back, and um, and then how much they're spending on those transactions, right? So giving you a better idea of what your ROI is on um, on your marketing communications. You talked about a little bit um, when I've heard you speak to us about automation and automating everything. You want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I definitely love to do things as easy as I can in, in life, right? And go figure. I went and started a business. It's not the easiest <laughs> thing to do. But, well, um, mo- <laughs> like most entrepreneurs, you get tired of working wherever. You think you can run things better. When you start your own business, you think you can hire whoever you want. You can fire all the lazy people. You could take as much time off as you want and pay yourself whatever you want, right? Yeah. Did, so that, totally sound, did that sound familiar? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And then you end up working 16 hours, can't fire anybody. Or you just, yeah. It becomes uh, quite, a, quite a hassle. But, uh, but the, the true vision and hope was to be able to automate a lot of the processes that I was doing quite frequently or that I would see that other people were doing. And so... Um, so inside Cinch, what we basically built was, I like to compare it to Legos, a bunch of Legos that are, are code snippets or parts of uh, software that are written and you can piece them all together the way you want and build your own software to automate the processes you want. Um, and that might sound really intimidating to a lot of people. And so what we did is just like Lego, we said, hey, 
we've already pre-built these Legos. We put them together and we can just deliver you the actual castle built together or whatever. You know, in our case, it might be a, a service reminder campaign, right? But um, if you want to tweak that or change it and make it your own, then it's very easy to do that inside the sense. You just pick each of the steps of the process that you want and you're, you're able to change that. And so it allows people to use that to automate not just their marketing communication, but um, we actually had a customer just reach out to me today and just finished reading an email that they want to put together a whole way to manage. They've got over 250 employees and they want to be able to manage their internal communication with employees in an automated way inside of Cinch. And so um, we start showing them a couple of different ways that they can do that. We've had a few customers do that. Um, we've also had some customers that will automate hiring. And so you can put together uh, your hiring process. And you know, if somebody fills out a, a form online, an application online, if they meet these criteria... We're going to send this text to them right now with a link to get them on the schedule so that, you know, if somebody fills that out at two o'clock in the morning, then they can get that link right now and they can get on the schedule for the next day, maybe, you know, the next afternoon, wherever it might be. And so um, just being able to have something that, as we call it, low code, no code ability to um, create what you need to, to be able to operate your business without needing to go hire a new headcount, hire a developer, whatever it might be to, to help um, automate those processes. As busy as the world is getting and as quick as people demand to have responses and, and service, it's really important to have as many things as, as we can to automate so that we're not jumping through yeah. hoops because I see more and more people as customer service is declining and all of that. It just seems like everything's just going off the rails. And so if we could take back some of the time from doing yeah. the things for it and I'll tell you, marketing is one of the things that um, always, it makes me crazy how most people in businesses do not market when they're busy and they only market when they slow and then they start scrambling because when they're slow, they're desperate and they start putting out just stupid Mm -hmm. things and offers and and then it takes a while to get back up and then they get busy and then they stop again. And it doesn't matter how many times we talk to them or, and even my friends will ask me advice all the time about marketing. I tell them, and then they don't <coughs> listen. And then they're like, Oh my gosh, we're slow. We're going to start doing it. And I'm like, you're going to do this the rest of your life every, you know, because yeah. you can't take your foot off of that. So do something where you can just make it happen and where it's easy. You don't have to spend 20 hours putting together a marketing campaign, but it's so crucial that you do that. And even touching the customers and, you know, appointment remind all all of those things we have at our fingertips with a lot of the resources, even that they have now with the point of sale and and other things. And it's like, why? It's like, we want, we buy all these things to make our life easier. And then we were like, Oh no, yeah, we don't want to use that. Yeah. It's actually interesting. I mean, there's, as you know, the automotive industry has been very busy the past couple of years and uh, hard to find talent, hard to like keep up with everything that's going on. And we talked to, to shops where we're like, you know what? I don't want another new car. I don't want another car coming to my bay. I'm just so busy right now. Right. And one of the things that, that I will often say in response to that is like, okay, right now you don't want another car, but you want to keep these customers in their business. Right. If you actually reach out to your customer and, and you know, they don't, you know, if somebody needs a new timing belt. It's not like they need that new timing belt right now. Right. Right. Today. You can put them on the the schedule for three weeks out from now. That's, you know, you got the customers that do need those repairs and those things that are going to need to be done today. Like you can start to work with your customers through that when you're busy. Right. And I think most of us as customers, as consumers are willing. And like when we have that place that we want, we want to keep beat. We want to feel like we're in touch with them. Right. 
and we're, we're, we're willing to work, uh, at least I think most of us are, are um, rational enough that we're willing to work with, um, with the people that we are having a, a business relationship with, right? Um, and so I think that there's just, like you said, constantly keeping communication with your customer, whether, whether you're at a point where you're like, I don't want anybody else coming back into the Bay or not, like keeping the, that flow of communication is still really vital, right, um, with, with your customer base. And if you're not doing it, somebody else's. Yeah. So especially the longer that the intervals are getting yep. because of oil services and synthetic and the car manufacturers giving free oil services for light, you know, and all of that nonsense, the, the intervals are getting longer yeah. part. People are driving less. There are a lot of things. And so you have to stay in touch with them because if not, they do forget about you. Yeah. And, and someone else, I, I swear to you, Someone else is sending postcards or something to your people <laughs> yeah. if you are not. So it's it's just silly not to do it. And yeah. it just, I don't understand. It's so frustrating to me why we have this thing. And the proper scheduling and making sure you have pre-order part. There's so many ways to be able to take in more. And all of these shops that are so busy, I guarantee you, if you ask them what their productivity is, it's going to be like 50% or 60%. And then it's like, you're not busy now. And here's, you're just inefficient. And yeah. there's, there's a huge difference. And so the more we can automate and the more we have more time and the more things we can do, we can work on our efficiency, but it's just like, ah, why are you doing this? Why? Yeah. And it's just crazy. It's just crazy. I don't, I don't. I know I keep repeating myself and I'm rambling now, but this gets <laughs> no. me so, so worked up. You know, I always use like Ford or the big car places for an example. There wasn't a chip to be found in the trucks and they didn't have one. People were ordering them. They were a year out. I have friends waited over a year to get a new truck. There wasn't a day ever that I've turned on my TV that Ford or Chevy or, you know, somebody oh. Ram was not advertising their truck. They didn't have any trucks to sell, but they didn't say, oh, heck, you know, we're just not going to advertise for a year because we're backed up. And then once we get those chips in, then we'll start putting stuff on TV. That's a really good example. I love that. It's it's there because always, because when I'm ready to buy a new truck, I'm I'm watching the commercials. I'm hearing Bob Seger. I'm watching them flip down with a little step on the back of the truck because I can't hop up in it as much anymore. So all these things are almost like subliminal going into my mind when I am ready to do something, yeah. but we just don't think about that. Yeah. And I mean, when it comes to, especially in automotive repair, you never know when you need a repair. Right. And, um, and so when something does break and you need to, you need to think of somebody, well, who, who are you going to think about? Well, typically if you've got that longstanding relationship, you're going to think about them, but you're also going to think about who's the last person to email you, who is the last person to send you a postcard or, you know, maybe, um, who was the last, you know, sent you a text, right? Who who have you gone to in the past and you've opted in and you just got that message? Here's the other thing that as a consumer, when I get that one off once a year, once whatever, oh, hey, we got an opening today. Do you want to bring your car in or something? One of those things that they start doing, I can smell that a mile away. And I think to myself, I'm not trouble what I'm doing because you're desperate today because you didn't (laughs) properly market. Now, I realize most people don't think like I do, but consumers are not stupid. They know they can smell it when all of a sudden it's like, Oh, we just, you know, we had this cancellation or whatever. It's crazy. So just stay in touch with them always. Yeah. We actually, one of the things that we recommend people doing in that situation is, 
instead when instead of sending it out more blanket as uh, to your customers when you got a cancellation or you do have an empty bay, go ahead and go send it out to the people that are you know three weeks out on the on the schedule, right? See if you can move them up because um, it creates that that sense of you know like you said they they recognize they're not stupid. They recognize hey you know what this is actually valuable to me because I'm now three weeks out. I'd rather get this done yeah. sooner. Well, maybe they'd rather get something. Maybe it's- and when you have somebody booked out three weeks, it's very plausible to call and say, "Hey, I got an opening. Do you yeah. want to bring it in sooner?" And yeah. it doesn't sound desperate. It, then it sounds like you're elevating the customer experience. Yeah. I care about you. I know you wanted to get it done sooner. I have an opportunity, so let's do that. Yeah. And then it's so much nicer than these crazy fire sales that they <laughs> yeah. put out when nobody's in there for the day. What are some of the things that you recommend business owners automate with data? One would just be requesting online reviews. You know, I think there's still too many shops and um, locations that will just, after they'll send up manually, have somebody text some text out, hey, leave us a review right in there. They're writing those up manually. Where? Um, oh, no, they just put a sticker on their counter. Or, or they put, yeah. Yeah, or and they, they hope that people do it. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. So one of the things that we... Um, we do a post-transaction where just after the transaction comes in, we connect to that point of sale, the data comes in. As soon as we get it, we send a text message off to the customer and say, hey, thanks for coming in visiting our shop today. Uh, go ahead and leave us a review here, please, and then get, leave the link. We also add into that another little section that says, and if you'd like to opt in to text message reminders, go ahead and reply start, right? So then we can get a um, in the, the text message world, what's called a double opt-in for the text messaging and, and building a legally compliant subscriber list. But um, but additionally, you've now asked for that text me- or in the text message, you asked for the online review. And just by doing that, uh, most of the shops will see up to four times more reviews being left than they, they typically do with what they were doing before. I'm sure they do because most service advisors, and, and they're very busy, but yeah. it's just not enough. And I think people in general feel awkward asking, hey, can you give me a compliment? Because basically yeah. that's what you're asking for. And I think most people are kind of humble and were raised to not be yeah. bragging or, you know, doing that. So it's like, hey, can you go write something nice about me? They're not. So yeah. having, again, that automated, then you know what happens. And it's like with any stats, if you don't ask, you're going to get zero. Yeah. So. Or you're going to get mostly your negative, negative that's ones. a really interesting thing. You know, we've, um, We've had some customers ask that there's a phrase called review gating. Are you familiar with review gating? No. So basically what review gating might be is if you send a, a survey before or you ask a text message question before, like how was your, your service, you know, give us a five if it was good, right? If they give you a five, then you send them to leave the review, right? So you're putting a, a gate on who you let through to the reviews, Oh, right? I'm familiar with that practice. I didn't know it was called review gating. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. So. so Google really hates review gating. And, but we'll get people that are often like really concerned about, Hey, I want to make sure I'm only letting people that had a good experience, leave me a review. And what's really interesting as we've, we've gone through this is, um, is we've been able to find that most people are going to leave a five star, a four or five star review, right? That's, that's really what your most people want to do. Like you said, is they, they have a good experience. They're going to leave that. But if you don't go ahead and ask for the review, you're going to get a lot of people that are coming in because they had the bad experience. They're leaving a more organic review, but they're leaving it because they had that poor experience. But people are going to leave bad reviews, whether you send a text and ask for them or not. Exactly. And that's, I yep. think, important for people to understand. Very important, right? You're going to, 
you're going to definitely get those one and two stars, whether you ask for it or not, right? There might be a trickle few of them that you're going to get that you get just because you did ask. But um, it's so few, I, at least in all the studies I've seen, it's so few yeah. that a, a, a request for review via text or anything triggers a bad one. Yeah. It's, it's so slim, the number. Yeah. I've actually seen within Cinch, you have the ability when we send that text out to start a two-way conversation with the customer at that point. And I've actually seen some really cool consumer interactions where the, the customer basically says, hey, you know, what? I didn't have a good experience, so I don't want to go leave you a review right now. Well, let me tell you about my experience. And they text back that experience. And then being able to see then the conversation they can start up between a manager or just um, you know, the owner, whoever it might be, with that customer, apologizing for the experience, really appreciating that they didn't go put it online. And then it takes this, this poor experience that might have been a, a one or a two-star review that now turned into a, a really positive experience for the customer because they got, the, got to have, be heard and have that uh, conversation with the, the shop owner. This is just all exciting stuff, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's so exciting. No, there's it's it's really great. I mean, the day and age we live and the the opportunities that we have, but there's yeah, there's a lot of opportunities for automation and, and ways to to make it so it's not a pain when it comes to marketing. You know, I think I think a lot of shops don't do marketing, right? They just don't do it because it's an extra thing, but and when you're using a tool like Cinch, you have well, the ability to automate it. Because a lot of them are relying on themselves and they keep thinking, I can do that. I can post on whatever. And I see that even with my friends with other businesses. And it's like, you really, if you're truly an entrepreneur and you're running your business, you don't have time to do yeah. that. And you shouldn't. You shouldn't be doing that. You should hire someone that does it. Yeah. Or you need to hire somebody else to be the CEO and then you can dabble in marketing all day. <laughs> yeah. But if you are not keeping up on all of the laws and all of the trends and all of the algorithms and you're wasting your time doing all that stuff anyway. And yeah. I, I don't know any small business owner that has time to follow all that stuff, even the laws when it comes to texting now yeah. and opting in and opting out. And so many businesses are in violation. Mm. I get texts and I think you are so in <laughs> violation of whatever, um, but I just delete them, you know, and it's just, but because they don't know. And how could they? Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine how many hours a day people at Cinch spend keeping up on all of those things. We definitely have to keep people on our team that are up to speed on, on the, and not even just legislative um, regulations, right? But regulations that are put in place by carriers or that are put in place just generally by email servers for email reputation, right? Um, and so those are all things that we want to, to be able to help our customers. We Our customers have incredible email open rates, upwards of even 40%. Um, text That's message huge. Compliance. It, it is. And that really, um, a lot of things we do in the data science to help predict um, email behavior and email engagement really help with that. Um, but really just some pretty basic, um, basic things that we do to help the customers keep email reputation really positive is what really drives getting into the inbox and not a promotion box or worst case scenario spam. And so, yeah, all of those things, there's a lot of things. And you kind of, like you said, if you can pick and choose, you can't really do it all. Like even if you're an okay. entrepreneur, you're trying to have that shop, but like it really takes a team. You know, you can't, if you can't be the guy turning the wrench and doing the service advisement and, and the marketing and, and the, the payroll, payroll, and the, payroll and the, yeah, right? like, shuttling the cars. And yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Yep. You got to have a team. And so, you know, finding, finding that person or, or the group that's going to be your team for marketing and what tools are they going to use and the, in the marketing world, we often um, you know, uh, call that the uh, MarTech stack. So your marketing technology stack or your, the tools you're using. I like so that. I uh, love the, all these catchy phrases. Yeah, the MarTech stack. So 
But yeah, that's that's basically what what are you using, you know, to send your emails, your text message? What are all the software tools that, that are part of that? Um, and then at Cinch, one of the things that we've also aimed to do in that is to reduce the number of tools that are required for your MarTech stack, right? And so um, you you might have some one thing for email, another thing for text message, and then you got that mail house that you really love sending postcards out from. Then you've got an agency that's doing all of your uh, Google and Facebook ads, right? Both in Cinch, you can bring your email, your text, and your direct mail into one tool. And so we're, we're coordinating that. So we can say, hey, if this email was sent, it was delivered, and it was never opened after you know three to five days, now let's send a text message. And did they come back in? They didn't come back in. Now let's send a postcard, right? So we're not just saying, hey, let's send that postcard right off the bat, right? We can, like, we can put um, some buffers on that. We can even say, hey, did they live within two miles of your store and be able to send it. You can limit that based on that, that aspect. And then we work really well with those agencies when it comes to using the digital ad audiences, Facebook and Google, and being able to, in that same campaign, we can say, hey, they got the email. Um, it was delivered. Let's go ahead and now push them over into a Facebook and Google ad. So whatever that message was, maybe it was an oil change reminder, maybe it was uh, you know, their timing belt, right? Whatever it might be. And now we're, we're pushing them into that campaign and the communication across all of these channels, it should be succinct, right? Um, and that's, you know, again, having a good, uh, good company helping you or an individual inside of the, the company that can do the marketing and help reduce uh, the number of marketing tools that they're using. That's perfect. So I swear to you, this isn't a commercial for Cinch, but he's so seamless. <laughs> uh, talking about it, but I just really wanted you to understand the things that you should be looking for when you're picking a partner. And certainly Cinch has uh, that ability and they have a special for us that I'll tell you about in a second. But be smart when you look for people, interview them, ask them what can they provide and, and look at your tools. Because as you just mentioned, I see so many people with They'll have five or six different companies and they overlap so much stuff. And then I'll ask about the Google reviews and they're like, oh, no, I think so-and-so is handling that. Well, what about the text reminders? No, no, I think so-and-so is doing And then they don't even know and they can't, you cannot track your return on investment yeah. with any company if, if, if they're all overlapping and you're not sure who's doing what. And many times they work against each other yeah. with, with how it's doing it. So it's really important that you look at what do you need. And then when you search for a company, see how much of it that they can do. And then would you be able to eliminate other things? And you have to take that into consideration too with your budget. If I'm taking out X amount of these then you know, and having it all in one place, because sometimes I see all of you freak out. I'm not going to hire, you know, ABC, whatever, because they're, I'm going to make up a crazy number, $5,000 a month, which nobody is. But, but if you looked out your stuff and got rid of, you know, D, E, F, G, you'd save 6,000 a month. So it just, you have to look, you have to look at these things with intent. And this is so important because it's your image, it's, it's your marketing, it's your branding, it's everything all together. So I really appreciate you being here with me and talking to me. And I'm sorry now, we both don't know whether to say data or data. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I started out saying data and I talked myself into data, which I don't know why. So you have a special for our listeners, whoever's listening and watching yep. on, on YouTube. And what would that be? Yep. So anybody that signs up after listening, we will provide a $200 uh, VC gift card too. Okay. We'll also go ahead and waive all of our implementation fees. So we typically have a $1,000 implementation fee. We'll, uh, we'll waive that. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And everybody stay safe. 
Make good choices, stay inspired, and I will be back next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can.